Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm your co-host Jeannie Rice and we welcome you to the show. Today is Monday. Happy Labor Day, September 7th, 2015. Our calling number is 646-200-4169. Press 1 and that puts you in queue to talk to us and we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. And Michael, we do already have a caller with their hand up and Dr. Tim is not with us yet. So, welcome to the show. All right, sweetie. Well, awesome that we've got a caller. Uh, Tell you what, why don't we just start right out and say hello to our caller and see what's on their mind. All right. Area code 901, you're on the air. Good morning. 901, welcome to the show. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? Thank you. Brenda from Memphis. Hey, Brenda. Welcome here, young lady. I hear you're getting ready to start a support group in Memphis. That's awesome, and I actually... Just sent a, a Facebook message to someone who uh, who just moved from the U.S. Virgin Islands to Memphis and told her that you were getting ready to start a support group. And if it's okay with you, I'll pass uh, your contact information on to her. And uh, she was at an intensive several years ago here at Heartland and has just moved from the Virgin Islands to uh, uh, to Memphis. So if it's okay, I'll give you your number and she can chat with you. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, that would be terrific. Also, before I forget, there was on a previous program, there was one of the callers who had asked for my phone number in regard to my comment on Andrew J. Galambos. But I never heard from the person, so I don't know if they got my number or not. But um, if you remember who that was, and I haven't gone back to all the archives yet to find out who it was. Um, yeah, I, I remember that conversation, but I don't know who it was that was interested in Colombo stuff. Right. Anyway, my question, which I had called and asked about and talked briefly yesterday, is um, setting up a group here in Memphis and the process to do that and also the process of possibly doing a web link, um, slash Memphis. And also a Facebook page and a meetup group. And I'm quite uh, computer illiterate in all of that. But I do have someone who has said they will help to set up a Facebook page. So that um, that might be something we want to share with other people if they are interested in being group started up. So that's my question. 
Michael, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Mute challenge. What can I say? So, so yesterday, Jeannie, you had lots of uh, of ideas in that regard. So I'm going to just turn the floor over to you to, to talk about, you know, seeing as how you've uh, started a very successful support group. But, you know, doing what I do, I've never actually started a support group. So I've participated in many. But, uh, Jeannie, you've got more experience in that. So I'm going to turn it over in your direction. Okay. Um yeah, it was. I was not familiar with this work when Michael and I first started dating. And um, then after we had been dating for about three months, he did a week-long series in Johnson City, Tennessee, which is about 30 minutes from where I live. And the very next week, I started uh, MindShifter Support Group. And so the, the notes and things that are out on the website, so if, if someone's looking for that and you click on whyagain.org, and go to, there's a button that says home, and right next to it it says healing. And under that there is support and uh, healing. It. I'm looking as I'm talking here. The new website things kind of went in a different place than they were on the old one. But So it's under healing and support, and then there's mind shifter support groups. And so if you click on that, there's everything from how to start a support group, uh, kind of some guidelines, which there's no set rules, but just based on experience and things that that I went through, um, I put that out there, you know, just as kind of help for someone starting a group. There's also a section that says find a mind shifter group. So if somebody out there starts a support group, please let me know the place, the date, the time, all of that, because I'll put that on there. It's listed alphabetically by state so that if people are traveling, that no matter where they go, they can look and see if there's a support group Mm -hmm. happening in that area. And then there's testimonials out there, and so there's all kinds of things. So uh, what I had talked to you about yesterday, as far as setting it up on a whyagain.org slash Memphis or something, that would require me to set it up because it's actually a page within our whyagain.org website. So that wouldn't necessarily work, but if someone else sets you up a different web page and, um, you know, there's also, my mind just went in another direction too, but if they set you up a web page, we can always put a link from our website to your web page and vice versa so that it can be found in both directions. You know, we had also set up a section on the website for teachers that wanted to create their own web page, and it's like a community within the Why Again uh, framework. And we sent out notices to everybody who had taken teachers' training and and was doing support groups or whatever to let them know. And I think I mailed that out to about 70 people, and there was two people that I know of that actually started it, and I don't think anybody continued it. So I would have to check and see if that's even still live. It was something that we wanted to offer to teachers, and and it just seemed like everybody's so busy in their own life they didn't have time to, to do it, and so it didn't happen. But I can check and see if that's also a possibility because you have control over that page. And so you could set it up there if you wanted to. Uh, and that way it would be connected to 
the whyagain.org community. Um, the, some of the other things that we talked about, I'm not familiar with setting up meetups. Um, I think that's through Facebook. I'm not sure. But uh, a lot of people use no, that. No, it's separate. It's separate? Okay. It's and, totally separate entity. But a lot of people find meetings uh, that way, whether it's, you know, they're looking for, you know, a, a AA meeting or whether they're looking for a vegan meeting or a vegetarian meeting or a you know, forgiveness meeting or whatever. So that's used for a lot of different arenas. And uh, from what I hear, that has been successful. Once you get a Facebook page set up, you can also create events. So you could set up an event for this week's meeting and say, you know, this is what we're going to look at, what video we're going to watch or what we're going to talk about or whatever. And then next week you might change it to say something different. And you send out invites on that. And so that's also a good way for people to know that you have a meeting going on. So I can resend you the link to the um, community teachers section if you want to get your computer person to look at setting that up for you. That way, you know, you've already got kind of the, the framework and the template of the website, and you can put in all the information you want, whether it's about you, whether it's about your meeting, about forgiveness in general. You can put all that stuff on there. So I can resend you those links if you'd like. All right, that would be fine. That would be good. Can you get a little closer to the phone, which it's a little hard to hear you? Um, you had mentioned yesterday about a flyer. Yes, if if you give me the you know, the place, the time, the date, you know, all that information, contact information, you know, phone numbers, emails, and email that to me, then I will create the flyer and send it back to you and it'll be a PDF flyer you can you can put that on your website you can uh email it out to other friends um you know so it'll be there for you to to print off and hand out so there'll be different ways that you can you know to do it but it'll already be done for you so yes that's a a service that we also do for those who are doing support groups is to do a a flyer for them and it's camera ready and ready to go so I guess my first uh, thing to do would be to find the location. And once found the location, get the Facebook page set up, and then send you the information with the flyer. And I think that the web page link would probably come down the road a little bit um, uh, once I got what got this going. Yeah, so, once you uh, get the flyer, you know, I can I can email that to you, and you can email it out to the people that you know. Um, you know that, and you know you can take it and put it up a lot of places. Like you know, uh, uh, grocery stores or health food stores have bulletin boards, and they'll let you pin them up there. Or being in in Nashville, you probably have a lot of uh, artsy type places. You know where people hang out, coffee shops, tea shops, or whatever, and they probably let you put a flyer up there too. So what I send you will be ready just for you to print them out, and you can take them and pin them up wherever people would let you, then it's also where you can just attach it to your email and forward it on to your email list okay, and get the word out. As okay. far as, as places to uh, to go uh, for creating it, 
you know, I know there are at least two unity churches there that we've spoken at in the past that would be very likely uh, candidates that might support a support group. And, of course, mm-hmm. the church that you've been part of that you've, we've talked about before, perhaps. But also I've found that places like, you know, uh, a, a meeting room, like maybe in the uh, condo complex that you're in, there might be a meeting room. Oftentimes I've seen banks or malls that have a meeting space that they'll make available. There are a number of different uh, businesses. Uh, Whole Foods usually has a uh, a meeting room type space available, and we've had we've had groups that have even met at places like um, uh, Panera Bread uh, or you know businesses like that, that that will create a space. You know, they have a little separate meeting area type thing. So there are definitely lots of options in that regard. We have a Mexican restaurant here in town that provides meeting spaces at no charge, so um, and which we use for our libertarian meetings. So that is, um, just have to check with them to see what the availability of Whole Foods and, and things like that would be uh, interesting. Or would be somebody to look at also. And I have contacted um, uh, one of the gals that was in my group before, who is now attending one of the small unity churches here in town. So, I mean, she called me back, but then my phone wasn't working exactly right, but I'm going to check with her to see if I can be a startup group there. The one at the current church is taking a little while to get off the ground, um, so it'll come eventually. It's just not, uh, not materially making quite yet. So, And with my time constraint right now, then I think what I'm going to have to do is focus more on like one evening a week um, play at the Ponce's restaurant. But I definitely hope the lady that just moved here will get in touch with me um, to get myself a number that uh, we can then uh, brainstorm together. Hello? Well, any any support we can be, we're, we're here to do it. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, have all, all right, have anything a else we can labor rest day. <laughs> well, yes. we were. I was, I'm. I'm <laughs> Go ahead. It's a little bit of a delay on the phone here, so we're talking over each other a little bit. We'll hold the space. All right. Thank you so much. And um, I was going to um, uh, ask a question on. Um, or the session we had on the hoarding sex, but I think I'll wait for another day on that. So let's, um, I will let you go, and I will take notes on this, and hopefully that young lady will get in touch with me. All right, awesome. We'll make sure to get Thank the information you. to her. All okay, right. blessings and love. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right. Our calling number. Six four six two hundred four one six nine. Jeannie, anything happening in the chat room? Doctor Tim with the chat. Doctor Kim is with us, and there's actually um, Erica's in the chat room, and she said to remind Doctor Tim that he said he would address grief versus missing. So I'm assuming that's a continuation of a conversation from uh, Friday. And so let's uh, welcome Doctor Tim and do that one. And then yes, we do have another caller too. And maybe and maybe Tim's got some some more input on support groups since he's he is the king of support groups. Uh, there isn't anybody that's uh, 
that's had a support group running longer than Tim, and then after what, almost 10 years or a little better than 10 years, started the second group. So maybe you could share a few of your uh, your insights from that perspective, Tim. All right. Well, um, happy Labor Day to everyone. I um, I had um, we had an interesting uh, close to the show on Friday. Um, Rex was trying to get in before you hung up, Michael. And the essence of his question was, is it possible that I'm in a situation and grief just arises from the situation, but it's not something, some energy that I took into the situation with me? And um, by the time the, the, the show was over or the conversation was over, I believe he said that he understood that he was just trying to figure something out and he knows how the system works. But after that happened, then somebody called in and was asking about the difference between grief and missing someone. And so it was right near the end of the show. And so I just said, you know, essentially, um, there's a, a whole talk I give on saying goodbye to good people without having to say goodbye to good memories. And the essence of that talk, I used to call it termination, the termination process, but people didn't like that name. But the essence of it is most of the time in our culture, we are so avoidant of the pain that comes, the sadness, the grief, the loss that comes when some a relationship ends or someone leaves or someone dies, that we just run from it. And the more intense the pain gets, the more we try to run from it. And when I do that, I'm running from all the memories, good and bad. They're two sides of a coin. They can't be separated. So when I spend time, uh, what, what they call in this culture grieving, which basically means being down and depressed and crying every time I think of the person until I get distracted and go into work and get back with my life and go on with things. Then when I'm living my life and I see a restaurant that reminds me of the person or a picture or someone else that reminds me of the person I lost or the relationship that ended, I have that spark of the good memory and then the stab of pain and because of the pain and I've already told myself I can't deal with this, it's too much for me, I throw all of it into that space in my mind we call the unconscious or the closet where I throw everything I don't want to look at and I slam the door and try to run in the opposite direction. The problem with that is I'm dragging that closet with me everywhere I go. And it gets exhausting after a while. And after years of doing that, I'm spending lots and lots of my own mental energy to deny and suppress things that are loaded with sadness and fears and regrets that I've already labeled too much. Now, the fact of the matter is nothing is too much for who we are as individuals but that doesn't keep us from labeling it as too much. 
So the process of this termination process or the process of saying goodbye to good people without saying goodbye to good memories is to arm yourself with your favorite tools for processing extra energy, whether it's the breath work or the tapping or journaling or the worksheet process or the still point breathing. And set aside some time on a regular basis to go open that closet where all of these memories are about the person or the relationship or the marriage or whatever that ended that you don't want to have ended and take the time to catalog the memories one at a time. So you pull them out, you laugh, you cry, you breathe, you tap, and then before you you move on to the next memory, you you make some assessment of, well, did I like this memory? What was it about this memory that showed me certain aspects of this person that I really liked or certain aspects of this person that I didn't like? How did knowing this person help me be a better person? How did knowing this person challenge me in ways to be more kind or more loving? How did knowing this person teach me about how to be more humorous or how to have how to integrate sexuality into relationships in my life or whatever it is, whatever life learnings came from this job or this relationship or this person that's no longer in my life. And as I do that, memory by memory, I do a number of things. One of them is I, I demonstrate to myself that the pain that's attached to the memory isn't going to overwhelm me, isn't going to kill me, isn't going to drive me crazy. And the second thing I do is I review the memory so it's easier to remember it, and I've cataloged it so that it falls into place in my values and priorities, and I deepen my appreciation for that person or the trials in that relationship or the strengths that I gained from that person. And then I get to make a more clear statement of how do I want to remember and keep alive the active memory of this person in my life. So when I do that, at first, I'll stop and turn around and open the closet, and it'll seem like it's an endless tunnel of pain and fear and sadness. But if I keep working at it, eventually I'll go to that closet, and it'll seem like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And then one day, I'll go to that closet and open it, and pick up a few memories and then look around for the next memory to work on and I'll realize there aren't any more memories there. As a matter of fact, there's no closet. And that's when my termination process is done or that's when I know I've been able to salvage all the good memories even though I've said goodbye to a really good person or a really good job or a really good relationship. So that's that process I I said I would mention on Friday and I you know as you might tell it's rich topic so I can talk about it for an hour lecture or more and the the key question that came in after that was so what about the difference between missing somebody and grief and I said well it's possible in my mind to separate those two out as grief, this sadness, this energy that comes from attachment to something that's no longer there, and the mental process of saying, gee, I really miss how my dad and I used to be able to go out and go fishing together. Or I really miss 
being able to bounce ideas off my dad. And I can have that intellectual thought without all of the intense energy of grief. I can I can have dissipated and dismantled with worksheets and with breath work and with identifying how much I was attached to that relationship with my ego and still occasionally have the thought, gee, I kind of miss having dad to bounce things off of. So that's the the quick answer to those things from, from Friday. Does that resonate any brain cells for you, Michael? And yeah, it sounds right on track, and uh, I think it's it's fabulous input. And, of course, once you go into that closet, uh, who knows what tool you might pull out. You might pull out a worksheet. You might pass through the worksheet. You breathe. It's just using all of the above. And, you know, for me, one of the basic things that most people have never had explained to them or never experienced is that when – and this is why we talk about conscious, active, present love so much, when love is conscious, active, and present, those energies that are destructive to us begin to dissolve. They begin to disappear. They don't belong within our system. And as we free ourselves and forgive those energies, then that energy can no longer impact who we are, how we feel, how we function. They're as you say, the memory is perhaps going to be there, but it's not going to have the impact of tearing us down and tearing us up uh, with pain and trauma. So it's that sounds like a pretty complete explanation to me. Jeannie, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say uh, Erica in the chat room said thank you. And I think that's a good explanation as well. Well, one of the one of the patterns that happens that's very unproductive is when we're taught to run away from our pain, after a while, people have run away from the pain and the painful memories so often they've locked all of the good memories back there with them. They're not separable. And therefore, they run into the pattern of being so separated from their memories and the the life, the energy, the love of the relationship that the only connection they have left to the person or the relationship they've lost is their energy of grief. And so what, on a number of occasions over the years, I go to deal with somebody and say, let me help you with your grief. And they say, no, you're trying to take away the only thing I have left of my son or my dad or my child. And they don't understand that if they could dismantle the grief in this healthy process, they would then have full access in the library of their mind, easy access to all the memories of that relationship, and the relationship would have a living presence in their life that they hadn't even imagined possible since that person was alive and with them. So it isn't a fun process, but it is deeply rewarding at many levels. Well, one of the things Erica just now put on there, she said that um, Friday she had uh, gone in to talk to the dean of her school, 
And she had begun teaching there in the spring of 2007. And once she finishes this semester, she would have taught for seven years the number of completion, as we refer to to number seven. And her dean informs her that she is um, non-renewable, and so her tenure, she has no tenure, and that she's out of a job after this semester. And she had just finished that conversation. She said at 1240, she went back to her office and turned on the radio show and entered the conversation where you were talking about grief and missing stuff. That was, And so mm. it was pretty, uh, pretty uh, right on for her. And so she's entering a new phase, and I like how you looked at that, that it was seven years, the number of completion. So we held the space for you, Erica. And what an what an awesome opportunity, Erica, that you've got tools, you're becoming more and more conscious, and it's kind of like, you know, the world is your oyster. What do you want to create next? And there's so much space for where Erica goes. Does Erica become a world-famous writer now? Does she become a private writing coach? Does she become a ghost writer? Does she go back to teaching? I mean, you know, the world is your oyster. Conscious, you know, most most people when they go into a field, you know, somebody says. In fact, I was I was watching a uh, a video this morning on bullying. Can we hit mute buttons? There's a lot of banging around going on back here somewhere. But I was watching a video on bullying, and this guy's talking about as he grew up how they asked him what he wanted to be and. He'd say what they, he wanted to be, and they'd say, well, that's silly. Well, I want to be this. Well, that's stupid. Well, nobody could do that. That's impossible. Who who are you to think you could do that? And, and he, you know, he kind of did it tongue-in-cheek, but it was like, here I am being asked what I want to be and then told what's impossible and then told what I have to do. And most people choose their professions kind of like that, or at least a lot of people do. Now that you've got the tool of purpose, the purpose, personal power and commitment worksheet, and you're clear on your purpose and aligning with that, then coming from a really, truly, totally conscious space, it's like, what do you create next? There's so much room for where you go from here. So we we see this as a, a, a huge opportunity for you to perhaps, you know, if teaching is your real purpose, then, you know, creating a new teaching position or tutoring, or what have you, and and if it was kind of one of those things, well, you know, that's what I just kind of ended up with, then here you are with a wide open picture. I know that I, I had a period in my life of about two years where I wasn't sure where I was going to go with what I was doing, and I literally, purposely got jobs that my commitment to the job was as long as I'm learning something from this and enjoying it, I'm going to do it. And so I did several different things over a period of about two years. And, you know, two months, three months, six months. And when it didn't fit, it was just like kind of my exploration of this oyster is so huge. Let's explore it. And so who knows where you go from here and what you're going to do, but know that we're always here to bounce things off of and support you 100% and hold the vision that, you will attune to exactly what fits for your energy field, for your purpose, and what will uplift you and empower you to be the most uplifting being you can be 
to planet Earth and the people that you touch with whatever you do. So we're glad to be on your team, Erica. It's awesome. Maureen just came into the chat room, too, and she said she had just gotten laid off after 14 years. So it's, you know, she's holding the space for Erica that they're both kind of in that same boat. And um, Erica says that she's set to listen to the Purpose DVD tomorrow night in your group, Dr. Tim. Perfect. Awesome. Any other thoughts from your perspective, Tim? Well, just that I think you're – I'm glad you were there to say all those things to Erica. I would have said something similar, and I know with her level of passion and intelligence and creativity that she will land squarely on her feet and moving further into her purpose. So thank you for those words, and, and I'm complete. Cool. We had had another hand up, but uh, they've disappeared. So if you're still on the switchboard, if you would press 1 again, you're next in line without waiting. There it is. It's area code 724. You're on the air. Who do we have and where are you calling from? Hi, I'm Kristen. I'm calling from Pittsburgh. Welcome. Did you say Anne? Kristen. Kristen. Okay, Kristen. Yes. Welcome. How can we support you? I am struggling immensely with obsessive-compulsive intrusive thoughts and anxiety. And I know it's linked. I do not process pain. I run from pain, which was funny because that's what I was just listening to you. So instead of confronting what I'm afraid to confront, my brain makes up other things. So it doesn't have to deal with what it can't deal with. Well, it, it, it does. My, my input would be to just recognize that the truth is it still deals with it. It just deals with it unconsciously. The choice right. is, and, and I'm not sure where the noise is coming from. Maybe if you mute yourself over talking and then unmute because there's a lot of banging around happening. So, um, so the choice I mean, is whether I, I process this unconsciously by making up other things and taking my mind in other directions and hide the process from myself, which is tend to going to be a less successful strategy for dealing with things than, okay, I can now see that I carry this load that I refuse to look at, and it's probably a destructive factor in your life, or I'm going to start to open that, and as Dr. Tim described, Consciously, purposely take time every day or one day a week, an hour or two, and really start to work through these things. Otherwise, you notice they just keep chasing you. Mhm. And they change up. Have you engaged? Second. Have you engaged in the forgiveness processes yet? Um, I'm trying to. Okay, so you've but, got the worksheet. No, I don't have a worksheet. Okay. So then, so what I would suggest that you do is start out and go to our website, which is whyagain.org, and you'll see a bullseye in the middle of the page, and there are a series of links that will open that will kind of walk you through the whole process of forgiveness. And remember that in, in this work, when we're talking about forgiveness, we're not talking about, you know, this terrible thing happened and they did it to me and I'm going to let them off the hook, but rather... When you think forgiveness, think removal. So if I've got 
some sort of traumatic thing that I want to avoid. Rather, what I'm going to do is step into removal of that traumatic thing so that I can be free of it. And then it no longer drives my behavior, and that's basically OCD. That which is hidden every time it's triggered into activity becomes a driver for my behavior that I have no control over. I want to open those parts of my mind, and I want to process through them. And we define processing as the ability to keep love conscious, active, and present when something less than love comes up. And so the worksheet will engage you or bring you into those practices. Okay. The, when, you, when you click the bullseye, and you may have to scroll down the page a little bit to find the bullseye, click on it. The first link is Chapter 24 of my book. It's all about forgiveness. You might want to download that and read it. And then the second link has a whole series of links that it opens for different styles of worksheets that we've developed. We suggest you start with the top worksheet, print some of those off, then go to the third link under the bullseye, and the third link will give you links to at least 16 different radio shows where either Jeannie or myself or Dr. Tim have walked someone through step-by-step. Step. So there, there are 16 different step sets of free custom instructions for how to do that removal process, that forgiveness process. And so okay. it's explained, you know, from many different perspectives. There's 16 free hours there. You just double-click on it, and you can listen to it on your computer or your phone, or, or you can right-click and save it and listen, you know, elsewhere. But it'll walk you through the process. And then as you engage in the process, certainly you're welcome to call and say, well, gee, I don't quite understand step three. What, what does that mean? Or step five or whatever, and we're here to support you with it. And what you'll find is that as you engage in that, those things that, Yesterday, if that hidden part of the mind was triggered into behavior and I feel forced to do this, I have a tool now to collapse that reality that forces me to do behavior. It feels like it forces me. I get to drop right into the root of it and bring the active presence of love with me. And what happens is the deleterious aspects of those energies simply begin to dissolve and disappear from your life, like just disappear. There'll come a time, as you start to work with it, that, you know, yesterday if such and such an, a, an event had happened, I'd have been going berserk in some way, and now today that event happens, and, and I'm actually kind of in surprise, looking for that berserk part of my mind driving me and it just isn't there anymore. It disappears. And that's what happens when you start to engage in that forgiveness process. Okay. Well, I've never tried that before. So that's there would be there would be the best starting point. And and one of the, the other things to be aware of as you go through, you know, if you're reading chapter twenty four and you can download my whole book free off of the website, there's a link there, you can do that and read through the whole thing. And <clears throat> what you'll find is that you'll be building a skill set. Skill set is one that, you know, has hardly been conceived of in all of the history of humanity on planet Earth. And that is the ability to enter into every nook and cranny of my mind, of my emotions, and my genetics, and remove the disintegrative energies that are there that don't belong 
and be free of it. That's the skill set that we're encouraging people and supporting people in developing. And those tools will just walk you right into and through the process. It's not always going to be easy. You're going to confront things that perhaps are quite painful. And if you remember to breathe and focus on bringing love present into your mind, which is what step four in the worksheet does, those things will simply dissolve from your life. They will simply disappear. It may not, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, when they ask the original teacher of forgiveness, well, how many of these darn worksheets do we have to do? Is the, the question was, is seven enough? And in response came the answer, 77 times 70, which is Jeannie was saying, seven being the number of completion. You know, when Yeshua 2,000 years ago said to Peter, you know, when he said, is seven worksheets enough? Is seven, for, should I, if I forgive my brother seven times, is that enough? Yeshua says 77 times 70. He's not talking about a literal number. I'm sure these fishermen weren't, you know, standing around going 77 times 70, carry the nine. They weren't multiplying that out to some literal number. What he was saying is, you're going to work with each issue in your life many times as you need to until you're complete with it, until you reach completion. And, you know, we watch people with any, I mean, literally any kind of trauma, pain, and upset you can imagine, and if they'll consistently use that tool, they live in a world where they're simply free of it. That's all. None of that is designed to be a permanent part of the package. If you came into a genetic structure and a life that had that as part of the package, it's there but it's not designed to be permanent. It's designed to be forgiven and leave only you behind. And you started out, if you were on the show earlier, I I asked um, Brenda about, oh, pardon me, no, that was a separate conversation that I had with someone earlier that I was processing with this morning, but asked about holding a newborn child. And everybody, when you ask them to describe the essence of the newborn, describes some awesome aspect of the presence of love. And, that's the truth of who we are. That's the only thing that's permanent. The rest of it just needs to be forgiven. So we're here to support you. All right, well, as you un- as you listen to those and as you work with the worksheet, any questions, we would be honored and delighted to hear your voice and give you any feedback that we can. I appreciate that. I've tried so many medications, so much therapy, so much CBT, and it just doesn't seem to save me. (laughs) Tim, do you have any thoughts to share? Dr. Tim? Yeah, I had to get off mute there for a minute. I know how that goes. (laughs) I I would just say that uh, I have uh, all these years of experience as a psychologist and therapist, 41 in total now, And this is the best set of tools I've ever found, far more effective in the long run than any medications or any group therapy. And um, I highly recommend it. There's a whole um, toolbox full of tools. The the forgiveness worksheet is just one of the really good ones. Um, It's the core tool. But on that website, there's all kinds of tools. And as Michael said, that's why we make the commitment to be here five days a week and Please call back and let us know if we can help you further. 
I will, and I appreciate it. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Delighted. Thanks for your call. We'll look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Blessings. What a what an awesome gift that we have this opportunity. You know, here's Dr. Tim sitting in uh, Chicago, Illinois, or probably Crystal Lake right now, and uh, Jeannie and Michael are sitting in two different rooms in Theodosia, Missouri, and there's a young lady from Memphis and somebody else from Mexico and somebody else from who knows where. Just standing in this space of support every day and and recognize that, you know, all of these shows are recorded. So you can go back to the archives. There are over a thousand hours of shows in the archives and address every kind of issue you can imagine. And so we're here to support you. And it's just awesome that we've got this technology available that creates a permanent record of, of these conversations and makes them available. So download it, share it, pass it on. By the way, we uh, we have... Uh, shifted and changed. We uh, we had several conversations over the last few months about uh, uh, taking the time to uh, finish the book. Why is this happening to me again? For Jeannie to write her book and uh, to create a members area on our website to take the whole project of what's happening with Heartland to the next level. And uh, in order to get some the time to to be aside and apart from that, we were going to be in. Mexico, but it looks like uh, it's shifted and changed, and uh, we're planning to uh, actually the early part of November head to uh, Florida in the uh, Tampa Bay area, and uh, we're going to take six months to uh, six, seven months to just do some writing and upgrading of all of our web capacities and move things forward on the next level, and we're looking at uh, perhaps as early as uh, early December uh, doing an intensive uh, down in uh, Cape Coral, Florida, which is on the southwest coast of Florida and a really awesome temperate zone. So if anybody's uh, ready to do some work and wants to get away for, uh, from winter for a little while and do some deep work, then it looks like probably... Uh, again, we're not sure yet. We're working on dates, but as early as uh, late November, early December, we may do our first intensive in Florida. We'll be kind of doing that to facilitate uh, handling the expenses of taking six months to write. And been working on uh, rewriting why is this happening to me again rather unsuccessfully as we're traveling and handling all the other things that we do when we're normally on the road. So we're cutting back to uh, to just a couple of intensives and uh, and doing that uh, that work on the website and, and writing. So if you're interested in uh, participating, at this point, the interest we've had so far looks like it'll probably be uh, codependence to interdependence uh, communication practicum, and that'll be either a nine-day or a 16-day process. So we're, we're kind of looking at that. It'll probably start on a Friday and go through a week the following Saturday for those who choose to do the nine-day component. And then for those who choose to do the 16-day, then it will go on to the next level. And if we have enough interest, we may do a Laws of Living Intensive as well. So let us know what your uh, desires are, and uh, especially you folks that are up there in the frozen north. Well, it's not frozen yet, but uh, I heard it's coming. <laughs> so so uh, Cape Coral, Florida is a pretty nice place down south of Sarasota. And uh, so that looks like where we're going to be doing that intensive. And uh, we are going to be staying in the country and – 
and being in Florida for the uh, that time period of the, those projects. So, so Jeannie, do we have anybody else with a hand up or anything happening in the uh, phone queue? Uh, there's no other hand up right now, um, and we've, we're down to about 10 minutes. Uh, a couple things that were, are being discussed in the uh, chat room is Maureen said now that she's inspired to pull that DVD out and look at the purpose as well. And she titled her being laid off. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I told her I liked the descriptor. It's a sacred pause. So <laughs> it's a good time to just look at it of, of reconsidering, you know, what you want to do. And she's the one that, that introduced us to using the doll from inside out. And it's uh, she was just saying that she would like to take it possibly to doing counseling with children. And I said, between the forgiveness work and using the dolls with it, I said, that sounds like a perfect uh, combination to do there. And she asked me what my book was about. And when I went back to school, I got my degree in psychology three years ago. and No, two years ago. And uh, one of the things, by doing it online, I had to do essays. Every week I had to turn in essays on something because that's the only way they knew for sure that you were getting the material. And so I have three and a half years worth of essays that I submitted and I was able to incorporate the forgiveness work into almost every essay I wrote. So I'm going to take all of those and put them in some kind of a, a format that makes sense and turn it into a book. So it's going to be the forgiveness book tied in with psychology. Awesome. Have you created a title yet, sweetie? I'm working on it. I've got a couple possibilities. But you're going to keep a secret from us, are you? Okay. Not until I decide, yeah. I'm just letting spirit <laughs> direct it on that one. <laughs> but since we cool. do have a few more minutes, uh, something that I ran into this morning, uh, or actually yesterday, uh, there was a young lady who had asked a bunch of questions, and it we were talking about the 77 times 70 and, and all of that. Uh, and so it fits perfect with that discussion. But she had written to me and she had asked questions about what does a healing crisis look like. And, um, you know, I talked about the 77 times 70 and that sometimes, you know, that's around any given issue that you would do an infinite number. Zero is infinity. Seven is completion. So you would do an infinite number of worksheets around any particular issue until you're complete with it. And uh, then talked about what, you know, a healing crisis looks like physically, mentally, emotionally. And also, uh, and and my phone's beeping in my ear, so I apologize if that's coming through. Um, And then talked about the four signs of how you could tell if you were in a disease process versus a healing process. And I'm still contemplating on how to respond to her and she may be listening to the show but she came back with that basically everything is perfect in her life and there's no drama and trauma and she doesn't have anything to worry about that the universe is taking care of her and so it's like okay wait a minute you ask all these deep in-depth questions and then you say but everything's perfect and I think there's kind of a uh, 
two things going on there. I think there's some denial maybe in that. Uh, what would you say to that, Michael? Michael, are you still there? Well, yeah, my, my mute button. My, my take would be that it sounds like perhaps uh, it's the disorder that I address in my book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again, of premature positive thinking. And that is, I have challenges, but whenever it comes to looking at confronting them, I talk about how things are perfect and everything is fine and everything is okay. And, you know, it is a disorder that really strikes our culture, especially in the, you know, the positive thinking circles and such, and that is pretending pretending that everything is A-OK when it's not. And the reason why that's a problem is that, you know, we are creators and we create out of the energetic patterns that we hold in us. If our creation is crashing, it's because we have an energetic pattern that crashes it. And when I pretend that everything's okay, when I go that that thesis of, well, you know, everything's perfect and wonderful, but boy, that SOB over there, man, when they did this, they really, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, if you think of being a creator uh, in the creative process is building a building. If I have a foundation that is set for one story, I can build a one-story building that's going to be strong and fit. If I have a foundation that's set for a one-story building and I try to build two stories on top of it, the first storm that comes along is probably going to knock it over. If I have a foundation that's set for one story and I try to build ten stories on it, it's going to crash with, you know, with not even the slightest breeze is going to knock it over. And so this work, as opposed to being about positive thinking, yes, we want to stay on the positive side of things. You want to use constructive language, but you want to use honest and appropriate thinking. If I've got this rage that comes up in relationship, I can't pretend that my rage is A-OK and everything is fine because rage destroys physiology and it destroys relationships. And so what I want to do is have honest and appropriate thinking, and that is while I'm creating this wonderful relationship, and I notice that every once in a while this rage pops up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to choose to create the space to go inside and look at my rage and begin to work through my rage. I'm going to tell the truth about my rage. Gee, I don't know what's going on here, but whenever you kind of give me that sideways look, that just brings so much rage up in me. So the person I can share that with says, hmm, that sideways look, you mean when I do this? Well, what does that remind you of? When was the first time that happened in your life? What's that really all about? And so the support for being able to drop into my mind. And, of course, the forgiveness process, how it ties into that is that what I want you to do is to always be looking at me with loving eyes. That's the goal I have for you. And when you give me that kind of sideways look that triggers all this rage, then what I know is that in my file on how people look at me, there's rage. And the way I get to the deeper hidden part of the file in my mind that holds that rage is I locate the goal that I want you to always look at me with loving eyes 
and I'm going to cancel that goal, which seems absolutely ludicrous to do. But what happens when I cancel that goal is I collapse the projection that my rage has got anything to do with you. I, I literally collapse the construct, the reality in my mind, that it's your look that causes my rage, and I get to look directly once I cancel the goal and collapse the belief that it's about you, I get to drop directly into the part of my mind that holds my rage. And my rage isn't okay in my physiology or in my life or in my relationships. It's not perfect. Now, could I say, well, you know, I had that rage yesterday and I'm going to make constructive use of it and therefore it was perfect? Well, you could say that, but in the meantime, it inhibits, destroys your physiology, inhibits your relationships. So so when I can be honest and appropriate about it, hmm, I've got some rage in this situation. Then I can begin to confront and forgive that rage. And then I'm going to free myself from the impact of rage physically, mentally, emotionally, relationship. And as I get free, everything begins to change in my world. And it begins to change because I've stepped into honest and appropriate thinking. When something is functioning in a way that I don't like it, there's a part of my mind that I can heal. When I'm in true, honest, and appropriate thinking, I get to work through it. When I pretend that it's all perfect, I'm lying to myself, and I'm setting myself up for a fall. So that would be my take. And, Sweetie, does that kind of get to what you were thinking about? We're down to just the last few seconds as well. Yeah, that's perfect. And, yeah, we've got 30 seconds. Okay. Well, then, we'll just say much appreciation for you joining us. Create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Bring somebody to the show tomorrow. And if you're interested in joining us for those intensives, let us know sooner rather than later. Time is of the essence. Blessings. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife Jeannie, who presents.